If I let you go, I will never know what my life will be holding you close to me. Will I ever see you smiling back at me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking 10 <hand laughs> seconds, man. Nikki, thank you very much, man. I know it's pain. I know it's pain, but that was great. That was great. Thank you so much, man, for opening up the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm I looking think. forward to this show. This week, we did we chat last week or the week before? I think it's like time's been going so fast. It was fast. last week we had a brief chat. Yeah, it was last week, right? So it's just it's been great uh, connecting with so many people, and and I know that we've got like a little six degrees of Kevin Bacon going on, and certain people know us each other, and then that's how we got connected, and then we chatted, and and uh, we we literally chatted on the same page about a lot of things that you're going to share on the show today, which I'm really excited about having you on discussing these things because I think this is right up uh our listeners avenue a lot of the people that listen to our show are going through a lot of the things that you're going to touch upon so i'm excited about having you so welcome welcome to the construction life nikki thank you thank you very much this is good i want to let everybody i want to let everybody know you're in bali right i am yeah so you run away yeah which is nice little well it's the morning for you it's the evening for us 7 a.m. Yeah. yeah, which is great. So let me share the deets to everybody. We got Nikki Cullen on the show here. Uh, you can reach him at his website, which is Nikki, uh, sorry, triple W Nikki Cullen.com. And it's C U L L E N. And his email is Nikki at Nikki Cullen.com. And then his IG is Nikki Cullen D O T com uh on ig and then you go find him you'll find him on all the other social medias but definitely start with his website and then he's got a bunch of links there to go to and uh, i wanted to kind of start the show to discuss but before i do that sorry quick shout out to the boys i'm at pay i'm wearing their t-shirt today on today's show i always wear a different company or persons or company t-shirts or whatever right so i'm wearing their tea that i recently bumped into them at the pro Salt barbecue which is a, a barbecue that i miss so much because of the funniness that was going on in the world we couldn't have barbecues and get together but they finally brought it back and it was a huge turnout so i i, I appreciate that and going by there and seeing everybody at the mapay booth um but i want everybody to know back over to nikki now we're gonna basically I, I love that you're talking about helping legends beat anxiety and stress that you don't mm-hmm. identify people, I guess, starting at the bottom. You, you already present people with their potential. Is that, is that a correct way to, to kind of share it? Yeah, I think a lot of people are, are run down with anxiety, panic disorder, um, stress disorders, and, you know, that's not their fault. Um, and I think a lot of the, the help out there is very surface level. And I think we have a... a a proclivity towards self-help uh, um, and books and not even books, which would be way better, but try to go and get the the 30 second clip on Instagram. That's going to resolve all of your life's problems. And But so, I mean, um, the, the, are we not fair to say Nikki that all of our life's problems didn't happen overnight? All of our life's problems compounded over years and time and experiences, if they were problems or they just became situations. And do we not magnify them individually ourselves, realizing that we may not be as dire as we we think we are because we always manifested inside of us more so than what it really is? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, so again, everything lives on a spectrum, right? So in my experience, like with, with exception, most people, this has been manifesting since childhood. 
Um, so to, to come in and think you can just like mend these problems in a few minutes or, you know, a, a quick online course that guarantees you'll never have anxiety ever again. If you just listen to this hypnosis CD for five minutes every day for a week, um, I, I think there's a, a reluctance to accept the challenge at hand. And I think the media plays uh, plays a role in that. And so, content creators play a role in that as well. Oh, I, I but just, also... Yeah. Sorry. Go on. No, no, sorry. I was, I was just going to say is like, is it when you're older that you realize the difficulties in life were there for a purpose? Like, we don't... Do we really want an easy life? When I look back on some oh. of the hardships that I've had in my life and I overcame them, would I have been the better person I am today if I never experienced that? No, not at all. I mean, like for sure, life needs to be challenging. I mean, anyone like when you overcome a challenge, you automatically start looking for another challenge, right? We, we, I, I think we've got to constantly challenge ourselves. Um I suppose there, there's, again, there's degrees, right? Is trauma involved? Are you dealing with a, a, a an anxiety disorder? And I think one of the first things to figure out is what the answer to those questions are. Because a lot of people will have chronic anxiety that really limits their ability to overcome these challenges. Um, and unless that's addressed properly, they'll start hearing stories where people are overcoming them with significant more ease than let's say someone who has a disorder or who has PTSD or CPTSD or something like that. Something that's like way more out there on the extreme side of the spectrum. I agree. Um, I totally agree. I wanted so to that's why I kind of like live with an underlying philosophy of, of, understanding first understand what the problem is that you're faced with then you're going to be way better equipped to deal with it i would love nikki for you to give the listeners just a i guess a brief overview of, of how you came into this space and what you as much as you want to share but i do want to let everybody know that we are going to get on this show we are going to talk a lot about just what's really going on in people's lives and what we all go through regarding anxiety and stress and panic attacks and burning out basically just being a human being right and and what we ups and downs are going on in our lives whether professionally personally all kinds of levels but i would love for you to to begin with how you got into this space and what you've learned from it and uh, what you continue to learn from it yeah for sure i mean for me I, i've got to go back so i'm 42 now i've got to go back to when i was 20 for this story to start and obviously in hindsight it, it even goes back further than that. But there was a there was a, a moment where my life completely just changed forever. I was going through life had been great. I was I, I was a big fan of smoking weed, living with all my best friends in first year in college. Fell in love with one of my best friends that that first year in college was an amazing year. So summertime, we made a vow to stay together. and We went our separate ways. I went to America with the lads. She went to eos or somewhere in the greek islands with the girls um tears saying goodbye at the airport is embarrassing yeah. to think about all that kind of stuff and um halfway through the summer we broke up and uh, she was just like 
you know, we're too young for such a commitment. Fair enough. I was shattered at the time, but I was still having an amazing time in America. The weed was on another level there. We were partying every night. We were under 20. So it was really just, you know, an indoctrination into what college life might have been like in America because it was just nonstop parties. Um, When I came home, we got back together. Now, the trust was gone. And I never really had an emotional backbone. I never spoke about my feelings or emotions or anything like that. Um, so I bottled it. And one evening, you know, that there was a distance between us. It was horribly uncomfortable. In hindsight, I should have said, pulled her up and said what I was feeling. Not sure this is going to work anymore. You know, had the strength to walk away per se. But I didn't do any of that. Uh, I just kept avoiding it. And this one evening, we were all hanging out in the girls and myself and a friend snuck off to the room next door to make a two-liter bong. Um, We did that, took a few hits, maybe more than a few. And that, I don't know if you kind of were into that anytime, but that will just send you to the moon. So I have hysterics of laughter He's chasing me around the house. Everything else is going on in the other room. Eventually, we get our composure whatnot and go back in and join the others. I sit down. Paranoia starts to creep in. And I'm here going like, oh, fuck. You know, like I feel peering eyes on me. What the fuck is going on? Like there's just everybody's looking at me in disgust here. And in reality, no one gave a shit. They were all smoking weed anyway. Um, So I snuck off to the bathroom And in the bathroom, I started to have what I now know was a major panic attack and more so even a a kind of psychosis episode. Um, I thought I was pissing in my pants that I could not compose myself in the bathroom. And there was no, I literally would have gone out a window if it was possible, but it wasn't. So I kind of decided I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm running. So out the bathroom, through the living room, out the front door, never to look back. I actually forgot my phone and this was in the early days before camera phones or anything like that. But I thought I would have to call an ambulance. So I went back up the steps, rang the doorbell, immediately shit myself some more and just took off like the roadrunner down the road. Walking home was absolutely horrifying. I thought blood was coming from my ears and this is the kind of psychosis element of what was going on. I thought I was pissing in my pants you know, eventually I got home. I looked in the mirror. It was the most distraught, traumatized looking kid I'd ever seen in my life. And 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 life was never the same again. You know, that, that evening I I couldn't sleep. I was just kind of like rolling around going like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And the next day I woke up with a headache. I was perpetually anxious. I had no understanding of anxiety, panic attacks, any of that. I just thought like I'd done some serious, serious damage to myself. And that kind of like just spiraled me on on this journey of trying to understand what the hell was wrong with me, whatever, what had I done to myself and hopefully what can I do to get better? And suffice to say, I saw the specialists and the help was, it didn't help. It made me worse. You know, it was kind of like eye rolling, nodded ahead. 
do this and you'll feel better, do that and you'll feel better. I was getting brain scans, ECGs. I had a headache for five years. It took five years to learn what panic attacks were, which is mental because in this day and age, you know, everybody talks about panic attacks. Everybody talks about mental health. But this is 22 years ago. Self-help help sections were were small sections in book that you nearly in bookstores that you nearly be embarrassed to be seen in. Yeah. But I was like sneaking in, hopefully I, hoping I wouldn't get caught. Like that was my mindset, just trying to get answers. Saw a book on panic attacks, and that kind of like was kind of like after five years where I just felt like losing all hope that was my first bit of uh, of hope what was the little bit that you found in that book that gave you some sense of hope especially after all the other i guess professionals were looking at you and eye rolling and you found something yeah and they weren't all eye rolling uh, but like other you know there was a lot of eye rolling in general and and you keep up on the on the negative but no one told me what was wrong with me you know i i eventually became depressed because I don't know how you wouldn't become depressed. Uh, so that was a diagnosis I got. But I, I never heard of anxiety disorders. I, I, and and I have very little memory of, of the word anxiety being in my radar back then, which sounds stupid. It must have been, but I certainly never heard of a, a panic attack. That book was called When Panic Attacks by an Irish doctor called Dr. Anya Turbidy. She's passed away now. But like, so when I saw the title, I was just, you know, scrolling the self-help section. I saw the title, I was like, oh shit, that makes, that sounds like something I've been doing for a while. So I picked up and read the book and and I read the back and every everything it said spoke to me. So I just like bought it, ran home, read it all. And that was so that was the first time. This is why like I always start with understanding. But that was the first kind of bit of concrete hope I got because it was the first time I'd literally I was convinced I had cancer in my brain or, you know, all sorts of brain tumors. My heart was about to explode. I had a headache for five years. I was looking for like and I was convinced they they couldn't find it. Because I was getting MRIs and anything like that, there was no explanation as to why I was feeling that way. So was, it, was the anxiety book, just building? Was it sorry? Was it just building, and then I guess transforming into more depression? And just because you weren't, you were trying to find some resolution to the cause. Why? Why was this going on in my life? Why was this going on in my head? But you weren't getting any answers. You weren't finding any conclusion, and that was just contributing to amplifying the anxiety, and then taking it to a depression level, and then getting far worse. Because this is five years of your life that this was going on, right? So this wasn't an overnight yeah. kind of thing. No, no, for sure. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. Everything just just spiraled, and and then the way I I kind of managed it as best I. Could, like I was never an alcoholic or anything like I wasn't drinking every day, but you know, during the summer and the weekends or whatever, I would, I would get so shit based drunk just to escape it, just to get, just give me a break for a minute. Um, so, you know, obviously that amplifies it as well, but yeah, certainly like if you're waking up in the middle of the night, having a panic attack and then you're kind of like crying, going like fuck is wrong with me. And, I, I I'm kind of feeling very isolated here because it's hard to go out and 
share with people because nobody understands. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was kind of a perfect storm. I know people get it a lot worse, but it was an amplification of, of everything. And yeah, not a fun time. Wouldn't go back for all and, the money in the world. And and I sorry I interrupted you. You're just about to say about that book. You were concluding some thoughts on that book that it was the first time that it did something. I guess that book is what kind of took you yeah, on the path. Yeah, I mean, in many ways, I, I I actually wanted to reach out to the doctor that because you know when you're in the the midst of it, you never. I guess social media wasn't a thing either, so you wouldn't think to actually send the the lady a message back then, especially when you're so caught up in your own head and own troubles. But I we I did a, an anxiety summit interviewing 25 people a few years ago, different experts, um, and she was one of the ones that kind of popped into my head. And I was like, how cool would it be to have a chat with her? Yeah, you know, 20 20 years on, um, but she's passed unfortunately. So. Uh, never, never had the opportunity just to kind of let her know. So, how uh, did life, Nikki, after those five years? How did it start to, I guess, get better or start to change or improve? Uh, it did get better because, like, that they were just like you know. It, have you heard of the concept "learn helplessness"? Yeah, yeah. I'd really fall fallen into a pit of learned helplessness. And now I had hope. I, it was a glimmer, but it was like, I was amazing to, to come across, to go that holy shit, like I'm not actually crazy. Um, I The next five years were a real challenge as well. I still looked for help, but I, it, I found it didn't really help. I was getting CBT. And I know CBT is kind of touted as the number one therapy for anxiety, uh, anxiety disorders, et cetera. But um, don't quote me on this, but I've read like, you know, most of them are, are really quite ineffective on their own. Um, so, yeah, I was just going through the motions for a lot of years. I was in a job that I really like. No, I didn't really like the job, but I really liked the people. Uh and I got on with everyone in the office. So I kind of like coasted there for several years. Um, there were obviously moments of joy and, you know, fun, most of them revolving around parties. Uh, I did a lot of traveling. I thought like I traveled the world for a year and a half. I thought that would kind of like, you know, new surroundings, all that kind of stuff, exciting things. There was hope that that would just kind of like, allow this stuff to to magically disappear but it was so deeply ingrained in my psyche at that stage that you know in hindsight what would i have done i would have i would have taken a year out of life and just go right there's only one thing i'm focused on right now and that's like getting my health back um but yeah i made a little bit of progress they're foggy years to be honest um but it wasn't until like the 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 I slipped a disc in my back and that put me out of action for six months. So I was rehabbing that and yoga and Pilates had kind of been on my radar. You know, the health sections were the, the only sections in the papers I was reading. Um, and I remember convincing a friend to go to a Pilates class with me. 
And just like in that class, there was one teacher, she was smoking hot and there was two of us and maybe one other person. And she was making us do things and we were both just shaking like dipsticks, laughing our asses <laughs> off going, how like this is so unbelievably embarrassing, kind of having to sing karaoke, um, <laughs> but way worse when you're in the midst of a, a panic disorder. Um, and I did that for a while. And then I kind of moved into yoga because they did yoga in that studio. And that was around the time I was here going, oh, Ireland's not working out for me. You know, I need to I need to get out of this job. I need to do something different. Um, and Canada, one of my best friends is moving to Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver always appealed to me. I love to snowboard. So it kind of like seemed to be that perfect oasis where you could have a a proper job and go to the mountains and snowboard. And I didn't realize at the time how amazing Vancouver would be during the summer summer months. But um, so when I went to Vancouver, it's on like a two year visa plus one. So I was there for three years. And that's when I really immersed myself in yoga. And that's when I started feeling significantly better. It helped you for what reason? The breathing would have been the clarification, the like just your mind. So I, I mean, the the benefits of yoga are too long to list, but in, in essence, one of the things it was teaching me was how to breathe. And like I know a lot about breathing today, but I knew nothing about it back then. So I could imagine my breathing was just constantly in my thoracic and my clavicular area. Um, but yoga certainly would have helped teach me how to breathe fully. Uh, and I witnessed the benefits of that firsthand. Like I, I met someone on the street. I was here going, oh, shit, I'm going to have a panic attack. Um, and, and something weird happened in a moment. I just kind of took a breath. Um, and I was very conscious of the fact that I was taking that breath and the moment passed and I was just there going like, Jesus, like I, I can, I could not believe that I was after sidestepping a panic attack and I was able to just have a conversation. That was unbelievable. So I, yoga like is so good for the mind. It's so good for the body. The, the, like it, it just attacks all angles. If you, if I had to, you know, if I was left with just one tool, um, I'm a massive advocate of breath work, but because of like, it, it, it's really good for your health and fitness and all that kind of stuff as well. I would, I would go with yoga. I, I know Nick, you got a lot of programs and I, I definitely want to encourage a lot of people to check out your website and then even sign up for your programs so they can, you can work with them. But if you want to just share some of the breath work that some individuals can do on their own, here and now uh, that could help them, whether it's in the morning getting started or in the evening or during stressful times during their days or the evenings or with family or with events uh, like gatherings and things like that. If there's certain things that maybe a lot of individuals that are listening are not understanding the value behind this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, well, first of all, I would just do a little bit of an assessment and like, do you, are you a nose breather or a mouth breather? I'm a nose breather. Because a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people with anxiety tend to be tend to over breathe. So you want to like slow and steady is kind of what you're aiming for. Um, and an awful lot of people with 
first of all, we want to breathe through our nose. That's going to be far better for your health. Uh, even to the point where people are taping their mouth at night for for who are chronic mouth breathers and over breathers, and that's making a, a significant positive impact in their life. Um, so that's one thing I would look at addressing first, or just beginning to understand. Um, then trying to figure out, like, so we have three zones of breath. Um, I don't speak as eloquently as this. So your clavicular, which is up here, and this is like where you're in a chronic, chronic kind of freeze, fight, f- fight, flight, all the time, and that's like you'll have, which I imagine I was, but I can't say with certainty. But like that's that will have a, an awful lot of tension around your neck, headaches, etc. Then you have your thoracic, where most people are, but that's like associated with fight, flight within the nervous system. And then you have your kind of diaphragmatic breathing. Um, our diaphragms is a muscle and it becomes chronically tight if it's not being used efficiently. So if you have, if you're like stress causes maladaptive breathing, maladaptive breathing causes stress. It becomes a chronic cycle. So getting, you know, like just shallow, like deep breathing, lying down, and, and not using all your complementary muscles, like a lot of, you know, a lot of the time you'd be here going, you know, yeah. like you want to be like kind of really teach yourself how to breathe using your diaphragm. And you can do that just with like, you know, real simple, just with your your um, one hand on your pelvis and one hand on your chest and just like breathing through your nose. And, you know, you can get loads of apps for free uh, online, like Breathe Plus is one where you can put a timer on. And you can just go. So just fill up your pelvic floor and bring it all the way to your chest and then just let it slowly out. And, and you know, box breathing is another one. I, I you know, a lot of people like are obsessed with that upright posture. But if you if you've been in a if that if that's going to bring with it chronic pain because of the posture you've been holding for years and what your nervous system is used to i think you know just get the mechanics down and do it lying down um you can get these specific balls and uh roll out i can grab one and show you if you want yeah just grab it i'm always encouraging people to watch the show instead of just listen to it As contractors, we know safety is crucial at all times, but having team members not follow or even worse, not know safety protocols is something that can cause stress and anxiety in the workplace. We face this and many other challenges daily from calling the entire team just to make sure jobs are done in a safe manner to updating team members one by one about training they need to complete regarding a certain tool or a new regulation only to figure out who has or hasn't completed the training and document everything in messy folders. We deal with a lot, but Connect Team is here to help us out. Connect Team is a platform built for managers with a lot of different capabilities made to ease communications and operations, helping you get a clear and live overview of your business while giving your employees one central and simple app for work. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. So if you have something like this, yes, uh, it, it's it, it's called a, 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 well, this is a knockoff, but it's called a gorgeous ball and the lady who 
I've learned all about it is is Jen Miller, and she has a an epic book called Body by Breath. Uh, but like, if you're just like lying on the ground and placing that by your diaphragm and just breathing real slow and and into it, she'd be an, an epic guess, I reckon. But yeah. uh, breathing into it real slow, that will kind of like loosen up your diaphragm. So yeah, I, I think one point of focus has to be about like, because some people just cannot breathe below their thoracic. So if that's the case, then you have to focus on really loosening up uh, your diaphragm and, and doing some exercise to do that. Another way is to just uh, block your nose and uh, your mouth and oh, trying to breathe, but obviously yeah. you can, and you start to yeah. activate that muscle. So it's no different than just training itself. Uh, uh, when, when we're younger, we train and we actually quickly learn to isolate muscles and understand the, the muscle groups and then how you can move a certain way or use a certain technique and you can actually pinpoint that specific muscle instead of having a little bit of a cheat zone around certain muscles where you've got secondary muscles using that one muscle. But that's what everyday people do with their breath, right? They're, they're constantly in the same chronic kind of state of how they're doing it. They're, yeah. not, they're not even realizing they're doing it. And, the, and yeah, they don't have a clue. And like, so we there's mind-based breath, breath work and body-based breath work and so the mind base is more where you're doing a count you, you might be doing different retentions you inhale for seven or three if that's all you're capable of hold for three exhale for three you know you're using your mind so you're thinking about it as well whereas like a body-based practice like conscious connected breath work would be with a you know a clinical breath worker in the room with you lying you down getting you to breathe in a specific pattern where we'll remove the pause from the bottom and the top of the breath and that puts you into more of, a, of an altered state of conscious and a neuroplastic state so you can kind of rapidly shift blood chemistry in the brain and that will give you access to the brain stem where a lot of your unconscious memories uh, you know are stored uh, so incomplete stress cycles, incomplete trauma cycles. Um, a lot of people have massive releases through practices like that, where they can just kind of just like, I don't know, a massive weight is being lifted off their shoulder. They just like feel completely liberated. Um, but you're also training the mind to kind of like, training the muscles obviously as well, but opening up um your your lower zone of breath so automatically you know even when you're sleeping you'll start breathing more efficiently um is there nikki i got a bunch of questions and i just want to bring a lot of attention to a bunch of stuff is there an age limit on any of this breath work like can you start too late too soon too because the only reason i bring it up is that i've only been conscious of doing a bunch of things whether that's cold therapy whether that's intermittent and my consciousness of how to eat and what to eat now, and then also recently breath work, I'm, I'm completely aware and I could almost, if you want to go back to the days of getting into an accident and all of a sudden being shot up with morphine and you feel that morphine go through your entire body, like you literally can visualize the highway of that drug 
going through all your blood vessels. And that's the same way now with cold therapy. You can feel it going through your blood vessels and breathing. You can feel it go through your diaphragm. You can feel it go through your muscles and you start experiencing your body that way. So I don't know if I would have appreciated that or if I, if I would have done that in my 20s, if my body would have reacted the same way that it's reacting now, where I go back to the question about, is there an age limit on this? Like, can you be a 20-year-old, 30, 40, or a senior citizen and starting out this and still experience the same thing? Um, I don't think there's an age limit. I, there are contraindications that would need to be taken into account. Um, you know, and and that's a, another completely different conversation. But like high blood pressure, if 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 a, if a lady's pregnant, you don't want her to be doing that. There's there, there's different health um, concerns that you would have to take into account if you're going to do an immersive breathwork journey. But I don't see, you know, like twenty year olds are becoming more and more health conscious than ever before. Uh, so they're doing this stuff anyway. It's the older people I like myself. Um, obviously, I do live in Bali, so it's very, there's a lot of this around here. Most people are kind of tapped into it on some level. But I just think around the world, it's like people my age that have been dealing with anxiety and have been in a kind of state of a fight or flight state for maybe 20 years that like, need it more than anyone and I, if you're if you're stressed out if you're 60 if you're 70 if you're 80 uh i i don't see why not you know like the my dad had um uh, uh some sort of weird pneumonia thing i don't know what it was called but it was like he was like you know properly sick for a few months there a couple of years ago around COVID time and I'd like to see him do more of those exercises but he's also like couldn't be fucked <laughs> you know what I mean like he's doing a bit but like so there has to be an open mindedness I think as well because um, it is a new frontier but it's there's so much science to it and it's like it is one of the most effective ways I, I know of to kind of really regulate your nervous system and change your state. Yeah. Um, and for that, I think like, you know, I almost think if you're not like talking to someone about yoga uh, and breath work and meditation, but you're, and they're in a chronically stressed state and, you know, you're a therapist or whatever, then like, I don't know. I don't think it's best practice, right? Because I think you have to come at it like there's you have to work with the mind and you have to work with the the, the body. And um, Bessel van der Kolk says that in in his you know best selling book, the body keeps the score as well. Yeah. So um, I don't I I don't you know you might get to someone who's just stuck in their ways and have no interest, but I don't see how. And again, I'm not like 100 percent sure when you get up to the um to 80 or whatever but i think it's the I individual I, I, think, so. I think like you i think like you discovering that moment where you were walking and all of a sudden you were confronted by a situation and then you just discovered the breath work 
it actually changed your state and helped you and you discovered it at that very moment. I think anybody that wants to inquire about this needs to just self-discover it. They just need to experience it somehow in some fashion, whether it's the way you did or someone kind of educating them on trying this and they try it. It doesn't, uh, it won't happen. I think you're the person that needs to make it happen. The individual. 100%. Right. So they have to, and I wanted to ask you, it's how, how different or if there is a difference between men and women going through these exact same scenarios, whether it's your particular scenario or if they are going through anxiety and stress situations in their 20s and 30s and older, are men and women different? Uh, the way they, I guess, experience these situations or the way they react to these situations? Um, good question. I I think women are different in that in in that they would actually they're way more likely to actually get help yeah and talk about their problems yeah and men you know we're fucking useless we just like bottle it up and pretend we're hard and nothing's wrong 100%, and you know yes. well I see how that has ended up for some people in their seventies and eighties and it's not a pretty sight so um, you know I would love to see a a world where more men and and it, it is happening, but obviously not to the degree to which it is happening for women. But even with anxiety, anxiety is such a fearful thing that there is a real reluctance for people to get help, to ask for help, because there's so much shame and all sorts of sinister shit beneath the surface that they fear they're going, going to have to confront and and that it's going to make things worse or whatnot because they've got bad help in the past. Um, so there's a lot going on, but in general, I think, you know, I think, you know, obviously safety maybe will be a bigger issue for women than men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they've had some bad experiences with the opposite sex, yep. you know, that that's the only kind of obvious difference that, that I would see. We're all facing different pressures. Women are facing, you know, women are are rightfully you know succeeding in their careers independently and uh, and a lot of them that's great but that brings problems for them as well and then men are probably struggling a little bit with that with their own identity and trying to figure out how they can you know carve out their path um uh, and and have that little internal battle with their ego uh, an understanding that their partner can bring as much to the table or in some instances more than them. Um, I think that's just the world, way the world is going. I agree with you, Nikki. I just, uh, I also wanted to ask you, how much does the environment, like I'm very envious that you're in Bali and you're in that part of the world. I'm in Toronto, metropolitan, and I've seen Toronto just become more and more, uh, how do I express this, more and more of a negative um just sort of uh it's just it's a complicated city now regarding people there isn't any personality to the city anymore and i find Mm -hmm. myself a lot of the times whether i'm in traffic or i'm on a job site or i'm in a social environment or there's groups of large people i'm finding myself not liking the feelings that my body are creating and I'm starting to um, go back into my history, 
my photo album of history or whatever. And I'm thinking about moments of crystal clear clarity where I could be sitting on an edge of a rock looking into an ocean and having an espresso and thinking how relaxed and calm I am at that moment instead of the moment that I'm in right now facing this complicated city that's just bombarded with people that don't really want to interact, engage, communicate. They just want to get to point B. And whether that means going through other people's point Bs, let it be at that point. So it's just how much is the environment affecting the way we are becoming human beings? Yeah. Um, is, is that a change you've seen in Toronto kind of throughout COVID and post-COVID? or is it? I think it's both. Back? Yeah, I think it's throughout COVID and post-COVID. We've had guests on the show talk about how it's just like this city has changed and it's just not so much the city, but it's as much as the people have changed. People don't smile to each other as much. People don't say hello to people as much. People are more cautious about confronting or talking or communicating or helping or what have you. And I just find that that's yeah. not the case when you're in different parts of the world that people are just people. You know what I mean? And people yeah. want to and that's genuinely... that's Canada, one of the friendliest countries in the world. Well, it, it's, it hasn't been that for a while. That's the thing about it. So mm. I think it's just you got a lot of people, and I'm sure that you probably heard this from speaking to other people from other bigger cities, where they're just saying that I'm leaving. I'm finding, I'm going to go someplace else that I can be, yeah. where I can try to find my happiness. And we can get into talking about happiness because you yes, tackle that sure. as well too, right? And everybody's well, happiness I mean, is different. I'm always tackling it for myself and it you know like it, it it throws up challenges as as does everything to to speak to the environment like our environments play a huge role like if you think about it our environment is everything and our environment is also you know on these phones yeah so you know like there's there's, there's elements of our environment we have control over there's 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 elements we don't right like whether someone smiles to you and w walking down one of the streets in Toronto or going into your local cafe is largely out of your control but you know what you decide to consume on your phone and expose yourself to every day and I'm very guilty of this and I and I notice how much of a negative impact it can have on my mood uh that's all on us unfortunately even though but i don't think that's I, I i'm not like you know those companies know exactly our weaknesses and and every psychological trick and they use it uh to weaponize us but i i, I mean i think environment is everything right like the relationships that you have in your life probably i doubt anything will have a better and bigger impact on your quality of life than the relationships you have in your life. Um, with, with regards to Bali, and I always like, I'm not a, 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 I'm not a big social media guy. I'm, I'm not very comfortable with it. Um, and uh, I, I've always like steered away. Like there's, there's something in me that goes, Fuck, I don't want people thinking I'm living a bad because I know that kind of sentiment. Yeah. Especially in Ireland, is like, oh, he just fucking run off to Bali. He's just having the time of his life. He's just surfing every day. And you're just here going like, it is, it's not like that at all. It's a very different environment when you're living here. There's an awful lot of people. And and one of the biggest things that when I reflect is like, 
I don't regret leaving because I was in such a bad place. Um, but and, and but I would say Vancouver is probably where I was the happiest because I had such a structured routine there. I walked everywhere. It was beautiful. I did a lot of a load of yoga. I had a few great friends. Uh, I wasn't like splitting forks between multiple groups or anything like that. Um, so, you know, when you move away, you give up all of that. Uh, and then you've got to start again. And that's no easy thing. So that like there's there's a you know, there's so many there's also so many assholes in Bali. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's um, assholes everywhere, right? And, and there's just, assholes, but I think Bali could take could take the throne, honestly. Well, but, really, yeah. Oh, I reckon. Um well, in the area I live, like not actually Balinese, they're some of the loveliest people in the world, but like there's uh, there's a lot of assholes just yeah, there's a lot of dickheads in Bali. I'll say no more. But like there's a lot of great people as well. Um but I, you gotta navigate all of that as well. Yeah. I, and I, it's I busy will... and traffic is crazy. Um, you know, so I, I will say that I've, I will say that I have I've had some of the nicest, quietest moments in Ireland. Like I, I had some nice moments in Dublin, but I had far better moments in Wexford and other places, other smaller towns when I, I kind of yeah. just took off and, and disappeared for a bit. And I had some of those really nice, quiet moments of my life there. And yeah. it, it, and I mean, and this was the, this was November. This was the end of November, early December. So as you know, it's not the best of weather, but I wasn't. I never even saw the weather as a negative. I just like it was just being at the right place at the right time at a certain state in my life that it just became yeah. a calmness that I really appreciated. And so I, yeah. I, I guess it goes back to it's not necessarily so much the place. It's it's the state that you're in as an individual. Maybe that's why yeah, Vancouver sure. was connecting with you so much. And I'm sure that a lot of people don't like Vancouver or whatever. But um, I, I think it's just you have to look at who you are as an individual and where you are in the yeah. world. And then that if you can find that calmness, it will work for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Ireland and it is like, you know, I'm not a major fan of the weather. Um, I guess coming from a Toronto winter to an Irish winter, it's actually <laughs> maybe refreshing, but I'd be there and the other said, I'll take the snow all day, any day. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's, there's so much beauty to Ireland and it is quite peaceful. And when you go to those touristy spots along the coast and like people are so friendly Um so, like, I love, love, love Ireland. And that love for Ireland has only grown. Do I see myself going back there? I'm not so sure. Um, but I, I, for me, kind of like a, a good way to figure this out for an individual, and this is the kind of like the, the framework that I would work through if I was working with someone, is like, you have to know your values uh, you have to understand your needs, how you're currently meeting your needs, what needs matter most to you, and then what changes can you make in your life so you can start meeting your needs in a healthy manner that's aligned with your values, nobody else's. So for some people, that's New York City. Like, I just want to be in amongst the hustle and the bustle. And like, they value significance and they value materialistic things. And that's cool. 
you know, it's it, whatever works for the individual. But I think in this age of of social media and like you're bombarded with messages telling you how to live your life and people, you know, assuming their ideals are your ideals. Uh, and, and and it's a it's a breeding ground for confusion. Yeah. And I think, you know, a good way is to get real clear on, on who you are and what you value and what you want from your life. And then then you got to make some decisions. What's the best way to sit and, down? And there's there's also some shit like we've there, there's there's cons to everything. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. like. I was just going to ask you, Nikki, what's the best way for someone to actually sit down and discover their values? Because maybe they don't know where to begin. They really they, they probably don't realize what they're searching for. Um, well, I mean, there's loads of different worksheets just available online that were like a good starting point just okay. to go through and like you, you just here go, OK, what really works for me? Um, and then like deeper work is to kind of like maybe step in and, and, and do it with someone and then just like understanding human need psychology as well. Again, like you probably get books on this and stuff or worksheets, but it's just like once you understand how you're meeting this. So people struggling with anxiety and stress and uh, panic disorder, you know, whatever it might be, are so often our behaviors we don't know our meeting are driving our anxiety, but we're also meeting our needs. Um, so they've become maladaptive. And unless you can point that out to someone, it's very, very difficult to change. You know, like the what's that saying? Neurons that fire together, wire together in essence. That's just basically saying that like if you're not like if 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 your action is to not do something and you say no once because you fear it might not work out. Well, the likelihood of that being your default throughout life increases exponentially. So, you know, you have to understand these areas and there's shit you should say no to, but there's shit you should say yes to. Uh, and being able to understand your values, what it is you want from life, your greater goals, what's really meaningful to you. Is Are you really looking for a family? Are you looking, you know, whatever it may be. And then you can start making decisions and, and create your own guiding principles that bring you to the lights, if you will. Do you work, Nikki, with, um, or do you prefer working with couples? Have you been approached by couples coming uh, to you and then asking to work with them, or you prefer working in, with individuals? No, I don't. I don't think I've ever worked with couples. I, I only work with individuals. I, I would. I've uh, so often. Obviously, there's tension in relationships, and you're here going like, "Shit, I wish I was working with the other one because that's the person who needs to be doing the work." <laughs> yeah, you know. Like, so there would have been times where I, I like would offer I'd be happy to get on a call with a partner to help to like because sometimes people really struggle to explain or the partner really struggles to understand right and I think this is a really important part because th th now we're coming back to environment again yeah if you're if you have a partner that's dismissive or isn't understanding 
Um, and they can be dismissive because they're an asshole, but they can be also a really loving partner who just doesn't understand, right? If it's the asshole, I'd get rid of them. Personally, that's like, I just don't see why you would spend your life with someone who's making you feel this way because it, they are really the driving force behind your anxiety when it gets to that stage. But if it's someone that really loves you but just doesn't really understand what you're going through, and as a byproduct of that, isn't offering up the most help, then having a conversation with a third party who can explain it with like without emotion, right? Because the individual is going to be like full of emotion. Really in a high state of emotion. Like yeah. you don't understand fucking like, you know, and it and it could blow over. Whereas I do understand and I, I'm not going to be phased by that. So it's like and that's just, be, it's not like, there's no brilliance in that for me. It's just like, it's just what what comes with the territory. So I think there's advantage of, of certainly would recommend couples therapy and all that kind of stuff, but it's not, um, it's not something I wouldn't do, but it's not something that I do do either. Um, I was just curious on how they would be. A lot of people. Yeah would benefit greatly from bringing their partner at least to one session to, to kind of like ha to hear it from someone else. Are you seeing Nikki that like, I, I I'm hearing this from a lot of people where there is a lot of disconnect going on from significant others. So whether you're at uh, different stages of your life and whether he or she is, is the provider and someone else is there in that relationship, I'm just seeing that, Obviously, we've heard that the number one reason why relationships end is because lack of communication. And so yeah. they don't want to like whether he's having a problem trying to, first of all, bring this anxiety, this stress to the forefront and have a conversation with their par partner while she might be a little more willing to actually have that conversation. But then he might not want to be listening. So it's like you have this confrontation going on between two people. So I guess you have to first assess the individuals and see where they're coming from and to find out, is it him? Is it her? Is it they? Um, are they right to be together? Um, is it just because of their mindset on where they are in their lives? It could be their age. It could be their status. It could be their social media. It could be a bunch of factors and things like that. So it's like, how do you navigate through all those waters? How do you, like, I guess it starts off with one person in that relationship realizing I'm not, on a path of happiness why am i not on a path of happiness and i just feel like maybe i should be a lot happier than i am right now so am i looking internally or externally trying to figure out what is causing me from getting to my happiness mm. you know what yeah I mean? that's a it's an interesting question it's so complex and nuanced and and like i, I definitely don't see myself as a as an expert in relationships <laughs> ask any of my access but uh, <laughs> i say the same thing nikki i say this yeah. I, I always say that i've always had failed relationships that's all until the next one starts well right? but but you know like there's you you can get down to the nuts and bolts and understand attachment theory and you might someone who's have someone who's anxiously attached and someone who's avoidant so that's you're going like okay we're up against it here but do we love each other do we really want to work this out uh i just listened to an amazing book called evolution of desire basically just that um 
looks back ancestrally to and like different tribes all over the world and just to kind of understand human uh, male female relationships and uh, what women want what men want um, and and you know for me I think a lot of the time is like people don't feel heard in their relationship uh, there's the, the behavior is dismissive um the other person is maybe on the defense immediately if anything's breached uh or what if say if you have a, a a lady who wants to have a discussion with her husband about this problem and and how he might be contributing through to her anxiety but she's saying it in a loving way and not in a way that's accusing uh at all and then there's the defense mode uh and you know there's an i mean like humans are so complicated uh, as you know right yeah. you I, I you do these episodes you speak to a different person yeah. every day and you're kind of obviously a very curious person yourself there's so many layers to this shit and um we do things that hurt those around us. And I think we don't like, we take people for granted and we don't like uh, tell people we love them enough or we don't, or we say it, but we, we don't, the, where's the meaning behind it? We don't show it through our actions. Um, so yeah, I, obviously communication is at the cornerstone of this. And, and I think, um, you know, I know what was something that really kind of upsets me is, I know that I've spoken to a lot of people over the years that want to get help, that need to get help, and it's their partner that actually goes, "Oh no, you can't afford that," and and and, and it's not about that, no. you know. It's just like that won't work. That's stupid, you know. That 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 and that pisses me off so much because if someone's really suffering, like maybe that won't help, but maybe it will. But the one thing that's for sure is that they need help. And as contractors, we know safety is crucial at all times. But having team members not follow or even worse, not know safety protocols is something that can cause stress and anxiety in the workplace. We face this and many other challenges daily from calling the entire team just to make sure jobs are done in a safe manner to updating team members one by one about training they need to complete regarding a certain tool or a new regulation only to figure out who has or hasn't completed the training and document everything in messy folders. We deal with a lot, but Connect Team is here to help us out. Connect Team is a platform built for managers with a lot of different capabilities made to ease communications and operations, helping you get a clear and live overview of your business while giving your employees one central and simple app for work. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. You know, everybody's life stands to get better when they get the proper help. So that really pisses me off and it's unbelievably common. Is, is the um, dismissive nature from the partner as a result of the partner? Yeah, just shake it off, stop complaining. But is it an unwillingness to actually confront real problems that they don't want to actually surface? Is that the reason why they might? Maybe be- I I just go ahead and think they're assholes. But okay. like, I mean, there's <laughs> simplify it. Problems. Yes, I'm not talking to them, so um, you know. Uh, but there is there 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 is a lot of partners out there who who could help themselves out by being a hell of a lot more supportive to their 
the person they supposedly love is going through a rough patch. And that's all it is. But it'll get rougher if they don't change their behaviors or the marriage will break down. But it's not, it, nothing good comes from, from that. Like nothing good unless the person eventually steps away. Uh, and that's arguably not a great thing either. Yeah. So I'm not advocating for people just to fucking break up with people and all that kind of stuff. But like sometimes you're just there going like, yeah. Well, also when when a person gets control of their mind back, they might realize that that person hasn't treated them well all the to- all the while. So yeah. There's so much, Nikki, that you like you bring up, you talk about, and it all contributes to all of us, and it's all relevant to all of us. And and one thing that you brought up that I I, I paid attention to our first conversation that we had was genuine laughter. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know people today that are genuinely laughing. Like in like, there's that kind of fake presented social media laughter. It's almost like a yeah. laugh track from an old 1950s, 60s TV show or something like that. And, and that's not genuine laughter. But I, 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 and I'll just speak for me personally. I can't tell you the last time that I genuinely pissed my pants crying laughing. Like I can't. It, 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 I, I got to probably go back to my, my 20s and 30s when I would saran wrap friends' cars. I would try to do certain practical jokes and tie beer cans to the bottom of an axle and let someone drive off, you know what I mean, with sparks flying. Like I, I don't do those things anymore, whether it amused me or what have you. But as we get older, I guess, in the stressors of life, and I guess we chip away at our confidence and we somehow mm-hmm. feed our anxiety and we feel our insecurities, we forget to laugh. And I'm just, if you can share some things that we can possibly do where we can rediscover genuine laughter. Um, yeah, good question. I think, uh, like, personality plays such a, a pivotal role here. Um, and obviously, the the, like, if you're comfortable making jokes, you know, or a lot of people just, that's not their personality type. But I do believe that like some people, a lot of people like yourself, I mean, maybe you want to set up a YouTube and start, you know, wrapping saran wrap around cars and (laughs) doing practical jokes in your friends and getting a laugh out of them. But obviously do like life does get significantly more serious as we grow up. But I find if if you're like once the stress takes over the anxiety takes over it gets even more serious and then you're pulled into a a trap of self-help of sorts where it's like the the goal the ultimate goal like they're just preying on your insecurities constantly while selling perfection um and we know that's a a massive problem in itself so life gets even more serious and even more stressed out so I think, you know, like just making sure that, I don't know, do doing activities that like will inhibit laughter, hanging out with the lads and, you know, ha- like do, doing something where you're going to make asses of yourself, like your karaoke thing or whatever, like where you're going to make asses of yourself or you're going to be in that, and and it's weird that you have to say this, but you need almost need to be in a safe place to say inappropriate shit. Because for me, yeah. I laugh a lot with some of my friends, and it's like we say inappropriate shit. 
um, that, like, you know, I wouldn't apologize for, but I also wouldn't put it on social media yeah. because, you know, you'd be cancelled or whatever. But like, the, the, you know, it's not funny just to conform. It's like there's not there's no humor in that. So I, I think, you know, like just taking a minute to understand, first and foremost, what brought you laughter back in the day? Who who are your friends that are, are still laughing? What what can you do with them to invoke more laughter? What little practical jokes are you maybe that you used to do that were funny that you just haven't thought about doing because you 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 know you're supposed to be a responsible adult or whatever story you're telling yourself at this moment in time. Um, you can still be a responsible adult and have some serious oh, laughter yeah. in your life, right? You yeah, one hundred percent. You should. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and like it's easier said than done if you're in a constant state of stress and that's all you can think of. So you really have to 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 put effort to break the mold. And you know, there's. I think the people that you're around play a very important part. There's people I laugh at all the time, and there's people I don't laugh at all the time. But is it negative? People I don't laugh with. But is it is it fair to say? Because like, I'm I'm just making this assumption that if you're not trying to improve yourself, then there's other forces that are basically feeding what's, I guess, um, taking you away from what you want to achieve. When I say that, I mean like if you're consciously trying to improve yourself, whether you're in a relationship or not, and and you want to uh, genuinely be happier, you want to be able to control your emotions, you want to reduce your stress, you want to uh, control that anxiety. But if you're not working on that as an individual, then is it as easy as saying the devil on your shoulders feeding all of those things and contributing to making those larger in your life? Is that what's going on? Um, I'm not sure. See, again, there's like, like, so it comes down to the individual for me, right? You know, yeah. like, and your personality makeup. I think understanding your your personal personality makeup is critically important. And just like something like the big five that measures your personality across openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, neuroticism, and agreeableness can kind of give you a, a grasp and allow for some much needed self-compassion and acceptance um i i think like some people thrive in the i always have to be making myself better i always have to be making yeah. myself better every day i've got to be doing i've got to be doing this i've got to be doing that and they end up with like lists uh as long as the nile and that's stress inducing in itself so it's a, it's really there's 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 a fine line between developing yourself and you know trying too hard to the point that it actually backfires and you're you're causing more stress you're causing more anxiety in your life because you're just trying to do everything right and we're not perfect we fuck up we you know like go out with the lads take a few days off like sometimes I'll tell people to that I work with like just stop for a minute you're just trying too hard right now give it a break don't do anything for the next few days and they come back and they feel refreshed you know it's like 
we take a break from everything else, but apparently you're not allowed to take a break from constantly developing yourself. We're all going to fucking die soon. You know, I, yeah. I, I honestly believe a lot of people, and maybe myself included, are going to get to their deathbed and go, shit, I wish I didn't try to be so fucking perfect all the time. And that's what that is. It's like we're trying to attain a goal of perfection because I like so, not, not all self-help because, you know, like obviously perfection has talked about the, the downside to it, but it's really preying hard on your insecurities and fears. And like that clickbait shit that like that will, you know, just suck you in. You can't help but click. End anxiety forever. Yeah. Never be, be calm 100% of the time. Who the fuck wants to be calm 100% of the time? These are not... These are not, and these are very credible people that are putting out this clickbait. Um, you know, how to turn 1,000 into 100 billion. You're here going, Jesus Christ, does anyone really need that money? No. And now kids are walking around going, like, I've got to be a billionaire. A millionaire is not enough for them. They've got to be a billionaire. Give it another 10 years, Nikki, and you're going to start hearing them say, I want to be a trillionaire. Yeah. That's just what's going to happen. And is that really a, is that a path to happiness? It's not, in my opinion, it's not, right? But that's, well, yeah. By default, everybody, like maybe two out of millions win. Like, I don't want to play that game. I'd rather be on the other side, like just with kind of normal people that are having a laugh. You know, like the research is on the, the, the happiness research is, you know, obviously success and money and, and all that kind of stuff plays a role, but it doesn't play nearly as big a role as we like to think it does. Um, experiences do, friendships do, and all of that kind of stuff gets pushed to the side to, because I think one of the, the individual... We are becoming, there's research to this, we're becoming, and I speak to America, like Europe, uh, uh, Western com countries are becoming more individualistic than ever before yeah. as our happiness rates drop, as our anxiety, depression, suicide, all that kind of shit increases. Um, everything's like, oh, just sort it out yourself. We're not like coming together as a community and and you know, really helping each other on, on, you know, it's a recipe. It's a, it's a perfect recipe. I know that on your website, you've got dozens and dozens or if not hundreds of different blogs that you've written. Right. And, and on all, all kinds of stuff that we talked about and even more stuff that we're going to still talk about. But I mean, there are there ways of actually beating stress and actually beating anxiety? Are there ways that, that you've discovered where is it beating it or is it managing it? Uh, and again, this is just my opinion. Yeah. It's like, it depends. I don't like the, the beating it would imply that it will never come back. You know what I mean? Like, so, I go back to the beginning but, of the show where I say that, do you want it to completely disappear? Do you really want your life to be perfect utopia for the rest of your days? Or do you want these subtle cha challenges in your life? Whether it's like... Yeah building a family, building a business? Do you want these hurdles? Because then that's your thought process. You can think about overcoming and achieving this, which will make you a stronger person. So I think that you don't want this to be beaten. You want it to be there, but you want to achieve, you want to overcome it, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we want challenges in life. We want to, 
we want success, we want reward along the way. Um, with so, so, it's like with things like PTSD, CPTSD, the extreme end of the spectrum. I'm not talking about any other mental illness, and then like panic disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, social social anxiety disorder. Those people, they want it gone because it's debilitating on a daily level and yeah. it actually makes achieving your goals significantly more difficult. Now, they, I think they have, and again, it depends on the individual. Some people, I believe, can absolutely clear it 100%. I've seen it. Other people are going to like, will will significantly improve their lives. But, you know, it might take 10, 15, 20 years. I don't know. Do you know, but like, I think everybody can significantly reduce their stress and anxiety in a relatively short time frame. That's not with like, that's not being, that's with healthy levels of patience, not these batshit expectations that are being fed to people. Um, and I, I think <clears throat> in, in using the word normal here sounds a little bit derogatory, but people who don't have these disorders but are, are highly stressed, I think they can, you can help them very quickly shift their perception and regulate their nervous system. So the stress in their life is adaptive as opposed to being maladaptive, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I was going to uh, ask you, um, how do people, as they get older, they start extreme, they start experiencing more loneliness, even though they're surrounded by lots of people. They just feel as if they're not in that space. Do you know what I mean? Like you're getting, and I'm seeing this through a lot of men. As they get older, they've provided for their family. They've built a business. They're, they're highly skilled. They're successful, I guess, in society's terms. They've achieved all these notches of life. But yet, they still feel extremely lonely. They just don't understand yeah. how, is it because they really can't communicate with someone, whether that's their partner, their children, their coworkers, their friends, they can't really communicate. Is it just a lack of communications that's con contributing to a loneliness feeling inside of them? Yeah, I think it's multifaceted again. It's probably there, there, there is, is likely an underlying shame that they don't want to admit that they're lonely because there's a vulnerability in that that they don't like. And I think that's the kind of first hurdle to overcome, even if it's, a, you know, if, if you say, if the person in this example has the successful career, has the family, has all of that kind of stuff, then the, I would imagine the first step is to having a conversation with their partner about that. Uh, and, you know, some will feel comfortable, but then you got to kind of step in and, and do something about it. And then, like, you know, for lads, uh, as, as, you know, from 30, 40, 50, 60, it's not easy for them to turn around and say to a friend they're lonely because that friend might say, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. but 
I think people are are becoming more and more compassionate. And I think it's worth you putting in, especially if you have all your other ducks aligned. I think it's worth putting in significant effort to fix this. And that might be saying, you know, inviting friends over for dinner or, you know, like I, I was on the phone to my dad the other day. Uh, I think he butt dialed me and I called him back and he was there going like he was in with the neighbor and they were just like eating scones and having coffee and, you know, having a crack. They're both retired. You know, so it's like you kind of like you have to make it an effort and there has to be a level of, of acceptance that, you know, you're not again, are you introvert, ex- extrovert? You have to understand yourself. But what gets you excited? Where do you feel, you know, in the best company? Where do you feel? I don't like that I felt heard because I think it's overly used in the spiritual community. But like, where where do you feel like you're in really good company with people that whose presence you, you really enjoy? And if you don't have that, then you've got to get out and, and start looking for it. And there, there are ways to do that, but like you have to, you know, it's scary ask a girl out, it's scary ask a guy out, you know, like if that's what you want and you just like, we all procrastinate on this stuff. I do too. Um, but, you know, like I think back to the happiest times of my life, it's like where I'm, like I have those solid solid friendships and you know i was also going out dating quite a lot and all that kind of stuff so i think you know we just gotta have to realize what activities you know activities are great whether you want to join a run club that you know they meet and they they all high five each other and go yeah we just went for a run let's have a coffee now and a scone or whatever uh and and it takes time i think we just have very little patience in this world but you're not going to manufacture a new deep relationship with someone you don't know when you're older un- unless you're prepared to give it time and to nourish it and to step out of your comfort zone a little bit and go hey do you want to get lunch i do love and i haven't read it yet but you have a blog where it's titled dealing with assholes and i would just love to get two cents from you about how to deal with assholes because there's assholes everywhere you go especially in construction there's quite a bit of bunch of assholes whether they're okay. paying you or working with you or supplying you there's there's assholes there so how do you yeah. how do you deal with assholes um i just i i mean i, I don't know if i i i'd probably let them bother me more than i should mm. So uh, I'd like to, I wrote that blog a few years ago. Um, I probably need to look over it again. There was a, and I think I was inspired to write it from a book. But like, I, you know, I also think that like the more you learn about psychology, you can, you can really kind of corner yourself as well because you can kind of start to pick up on narcissistic traits and stuff. But um, there, there, there's limits. There's, there's just behaviors people that i'm i'm unwilling to accept and it doesn't even have to have anything to do with me if they're the type of person that i deem is putting up a front and making themselves out to be this wonderful you know does all the virtue signaling and i just i don't really want them in my life um 
I'm not. I'm very bad at confrontation. I must be honest with you, Manny. When I have, when, when like I'll do it, but I it makes me feel very uncomfortable. Um. So I. I. I but one thing I'm comfortable with is like just like making my circle smaller. Yeah. Um. And I think you know like it depends on the asshole. Do you have to confront it? Just like. Being real, like if they're if they have a position of power or authority over you, then that that's a different dynamic, right? So you got to play the game a little bit. But it's even if it's even playing field, and you're here going like, "Listen, dude, you're doing this, and I don't like I I don't agree with it. I'm not cool with it. Um, stop. It makes me feel like this." You know, sometimes like we'll all take the piss out of people. I've take I I take the piss out of people all the time, and I get the piss taken out of me all the time. And if if one friend if I say something and a friend takes offense to it, and he confronts me, I'll I'll own it. Like that has happened, and I'll just own it and apologize. Right? But um, well, that's the first step. Is that he is a friend or she's a friend? Because they're confronting you. If they really didn't give a crap about you or care about you at all, they wouldn't confront you about it. They would just let it be and move on, right? And I, I was like, you were basically going to where I was headed with how to deal with assholes is that as I get older, I quickly realize that how do you deal with an asshole is you just don't deal with it. I just, you don't yes. make it a part of your life. I'm not a confrontational person either, right? It's just, I don't. I don't place myself in that situation. If I know that I'm not comfortable in this situation or the way this person is, whether treating me or someone around me, I just confront them and I just ask them to stop. If they don't, then that person's no longer part of that circle or that, that environment. So I walk away from that environment and then I'm yeah. not a part of that. So that's how I'm dealing with those assholes these days. Yeah. I have a, like yourself, I probably have a very low tolerance for bullshit and, and putting up with shitty behavior yeah. from people. Yeah. I've read of it, and, but maybe sometimes I can, that, that can, there, there's a negative side of that that needs to be looked at again. I was, the algebra of happiness or something. And it was like, you know, people who are forgiveness is, is, it plays a major role in, in long-term happiness like the ability to because we're all going to fuck up yeah so as long as you know like and that was kind of interesting i was here going like shit there's a couple of people that i just don't want nothing to do with but i never really confronted them or whatever i, I, I maybe i need to like think about this forgiveness element a little bit more um I, I do want to say i want to go briefly back to breath work and i did i just realized when you were talking a lot about it that some of the better relationships that I've had were the better sleeping nights that I had. I would sleep better. I would breathe better. I would wake up in the morning clearer. You know what I'm saying? So it's like either I was in unison with that other person and they were unison with me that we were. And then I look back and I'm like some of the other relationships that I knew that were not healthy and probably on the verge of toxic and just going into a negative kind of environment you'd wake up and you'd have like a stuffiness inside of you so obviously it was clear that during that evening you're sleeping you weren't breathing properly you weren't breathing healthy and so i think mm. that there's a connection somehow there and i just i'm noticing yeah, well, because i'm in a relationship right now where i'm having good night's sleep when i'm sleeping next to that person 
And I'm like, okay, so even though there's shit going on in life and things are going on and there's stressors and there's all kinds of anxiety going on in everybody's life, I'm still getting a good night's rest because of the person that yeah. I'm with in that life, right? Yeah, that's amazing. I, like the, the person you're with is going to have a major impact on your nervous system and your nervous system is going to have a major impact on your sleep. I'm not I, like, that's really interesting to hear that you said that. Um, I've not heard someone actually have that kind of level of awareness, although. Um, well, I'm at almost 52 and I'm just discovering it now, right? So I'm maybe a little yeah. late to the game or whatever, but. Yeah, I don't but know. It, it, it makes total sense, right? So if you, you get all the good endorphins and stuff like that from being intimate and just like just close to someone that you really care about. Uh, so that's going to help induce a better night's sleep. How do we, this is something that's always affected me and I try to fix it when I can, is focus. Like how do we clear our focus like how do we I, I can like we talked a lot on this show about we're bombarded by the phone and you know i mean all kinds of stuff and and it's just a confusion and all it's like there is so much noise life noise white noise that how mm. do we like push that to the side and stay focused on where we truly want to where we're supposed to go how do we focus yeah. on that right it's a tough one isn't it i find like Okay, so again, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm guilty of everything here as well. But like, I'll, I'll talk you through yeah. a good day of what I might do. Um, I, I try. I don't bring electronics into the room as much as possible. I, I can be often guilty of bringing in the laptop just to, you know, watch a show or something and fall asleep that way. But I, I, I like to read a lot as well. So. Just been focused more on that. Um, the the night before, I'll prepare my day, and I'll write down everything that I'm going to do, and I'm going to assign, like, okay, I'm working on this, so I'm going to give this ninety minutes. Uh, I'm going to give this thirty minutes. Of, you know, whatever. I have this call here, I have that call there, um, <clears throat> and uh, when I'm doing those timed things like my phone's on do not disturb now i've i've got some friends that are way better at this than me to the point where you actually annoyed with them because they're uncontactable pretty much all of the time yeah like they just like like whatsapp is always off everything's always off uh, and it comes on in the evening um that doesn't work for 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 my business but um and probably just doesn't work because I'm a weak man. <laughs> <But> <laughs> the temptation is too great. It is um, a double edge, eh, Nikki? Because we're both on, we're using digital platforms to, to kind yeah. of communicate and work with people and try to get our messaging out there. And uh, But we don't want to be um, consumed. Like we just don't want to be sucked into this digital platform. We just want to kind of contribute to the content, but then get out of it. But it's hard not to get consumed by it, right? Oh, 100%. I, I absolutely get lost in rabbit holes all the time. And it's cheap dopamine is everywhere. I read this amazing book called Dopamine Nation recently that it just kind of explains like our behavioral impulses and, and, and how the world we're living in is, is kind of like setting us up to fail in many aspects in that arena. But um, 
I know that like if I if I if I sit down to ride and something like that, I'll take some lion's mane mushroom, mm-hmm. which is which is good for focus. Now I don't know if I'm dealing with a placebo here or not, but it works. And what I take when I take it, I feel to like I I I get into that zone. Um and I, you have to be flexible as well to kind of like I think self-compassion is a massively important skill that most people need to practice in this world because we're 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 brought up to to be pretty harsh on ourselves and that's one of the greatest predictors of mel- mental well-being um so you know often I'll fill my list with stuff that's just like the day's getting on and I'm here going like I'm you know now I'm trying to play catch up and stuff like that so kind of have to have the kindness to say it's all right. You'll get it done tomorrow and just keep tipping away. I'm, I'm, I'm the exact same way, Nikki. I'm just like, I, these days I'm trying to do less time in front of the screen and more focused time when I am in front of the screen. So then I'm trying to do where I, if I sit down, I'll tell myself, okay, you got this many tasks for the next 25, 35 minutes, whatever. And that's it. Once that comes, then you take a break and you disappear and you stop looking at a screen and then just either, smell the roses go outside or just breathe mm. or something like that right and then go back and focus i think that a lot of people would just stay stuck and they're they're just tunnel vision on technology and then i think that they're just yeah. deteriorating themselves by doing that when they should consciously be telling themselves stop take a break and come back when you're ready to come back yeah and and i will we're guilty that. we're both guilty like, of it. yeah I, I will feel the, that that stress within my body. It's quite visceral. So I like, you know, if I might lie down and do yoga nidra. I'll, I'll go for a walk during the middle of the day. Um, you know, a- anything just to, to break it up. And by doing that, I noticed that, like, I'm, I'm firing way better in the afternoon. Yeah. Actually, I'm almost always firing better in the afternoon, but I try to do everything in the morning pisses me off <laughs> nikki this has been great we just got to do the 12 questions we're coming up to the end of the show i i love the many things that we talked about and i wish that i'd love to get you back on one day and we'll just continue this conversation i i just i believe in a lot of the stuff that you're doing and and how you're helping people and i think there's a lot of people especially our listeners that listen to the show that they need these they, they basically need these that they need to confront these. I think that right now, what I've learned from doing the show for so many years is that there's a new type of tradesperson in construction now, and they're more willing to possibly speak to people that they somewhat mm-hmm. connect. And whether that's a person that's right next to them on a job site, or if that's a person halfway around the world and they're listening to them on a podcast, they just they feel comfortable bringing up the fact that here's what's going on in my life. And I just don't really have anybody that I can speak to about it. And so I'm wishing, I'm hoping that I can speak to you about it and then they can bring it up. And then hopefully it improves them. It improves their relationships. It improves their family dynamic. It improves their circle of friends. It improves everything. And then they get, they get set on their, their path of happiness. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. I appreciate that, man. I've had a blast and I, I know like I obviously agree um it's a scary thing for people to kind of step into but like it's you know it's it's nowhere near as scary when you actually do it and you realize pretty quickly that the benefits are 
are, are you know they're not minuscule by any stretch you know they can't you you could potentially just like by just seeing things in a different light completely transform your life life 100%. So I just want to let everybody know the, the deets again. Nikki Cullen here. His website is www.nickycullen.com and it's Nikki at nickycullen.com and then on IG, Nikki Cullen, D-O-T-com on IG and then also find him on other platforms. But definitely go to his website first and then reach out to him and, and you more than willing to invite anybody just to send them a message and, and get conversation going with you and then consider looking at some of the programming, all the programming and definitely give you... How many blogs do you have there? Like you've written how many blogs now? It's got to be. Yeah, I, I like to write, but I don't really write. I'm trying to write a book at the moment. Yeah. I, there's a, there's a quite a few. I like. There's quite a few blogs there, but blogging's kind of <laughs> dead. So, I did some podcasting and stuff back in the day. I kind of like it was fun. I should have kept it up, but um, blogging's not dead, Nikki. It's not, man. People are. Yeah, I think they're. Well, you've heard of Substack, right? Uh yeah yeah so I mean it's I think Substack's trying to bring it back and and trying to make it grow and it's it's kind of working it's just it's kind of funny I had someone reach out to me from Alberta here and he actually reached out and he was talking to me about uh, he's considering starting a blog and if I would support him and I'm like in a heartbeat let me know when you roll it out let me know what it's all about and and I'll do a shout out and I'll let everybody know about it and he wants to do blogs about construction and and a process and and how to handle clients and how to work with clients how to work with other people yeah. and he wants to basically give a, a truthful representation of what the industry is all about and I'm like in a heartbeat I will share that I'll talk about that and Yeah that, I, a medium's huge as well that, yes. like fucking forget about what I said <laughs> it's not <laughs> I, I, I want to focus my energy on uh, my writing energy on a book. Yes, uh, and that's kind of like a, a book, kind of my. It's a, like a. It's not self help, but it's just a kind of like basically a, a a memoir of all the fuck ups I made that other people would probably be better off not making. Life lessons, man. Uh, I good luck. Is it your first? Well, I did a little one before, yeah, but I, 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 I try. I wrote eighty thousand words a few years ago, and then I just—it's pretty embarrassing shit. So I was like, <laughs> but I, I picked it up again. I just kind of maintaining the habit. It's of only embarrassing if you don't get it out and have anybody read it. Then it's embarrassing <laughs> shit. If it gets out there and people read it, ah, fuck with who they think, right? So, yeah, let me share the twelve yeah. questions. You ready for this, Nikki? Yeah. What everyday sound brings you joy and comfort? Oh, uh, the ocean. What is your favorite beverage? Whiskey. Irish. Not too much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Moderation. What is your least favorite tool? I, I'm thinking Instagram. But you're talking about construction. No, 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 no. It could be any tool. It could be any tool at all. Yeah. So Instagram, I agree with you on that one. What turns you on creatively? Uh, Books. Writing. Good writers. Old or new? Bukowski. Mm -hmm. Old. What word or concept do you find overused or meaningless these days? Oh, too many vulnerability authenticity integrity <laughs> they're, easy, the they're easily used and not understood 
well they're used as manipulation a lot of the time they're good words if they're used correctly but yeah a lot of people just taking a piss what is your favorite curse word or phrase cunt you're irish <laughs> uh, uh I, I don't say that one. To, I, I reserve <laughs> that one for friends. <laughs> What's your favorite vehicle in the world? Uh, Could be anything. I care less about vehicles now, but it would be an Aston Martin. There we go. Old or new? Old, new, new. Yeah, you know what? They are changing nicely. They are, they are, they are nice vehicles. Uh, what do you miss from your childhood? being free of worry yeah yeah very much what term or phrase resonates with your core of who you are oh shit what term or phrase resonates with the core of who you are i have no idea did i miss that one <laughs> no no it's fine we can come back to it if it comes back to you yeah, come back to it. If you could Don't master, if you, if you can master a skill outside of your own expertise right now, what would it be? Something artistic. Oh, if I can master surfing. Surfing. If you could speak with an historical figure, who would it be and what would you ask them? Churchill and... I just want to sit down and drink and chat with him and get 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 was inside it, his. Yeah, it was stogies. Yeah, and have a stogie with him. Just yeah. a whiskey and a stogie. That's all it was. Yeah, um. Sure. Uh. Well, let fun. me. I got one more question, but then let's go back to what term or phrase resonates with the core of who you are. Anything coming to mind? No. Can you give me an example of what like? What would you say for that one? For me? I'm, I'm, you know, that's a good question. You're asking me what term or phrase resonates with the... I, I miss being a shit disturber. But that goes back to childhood, right? Like, I miss... I almost miss... I hate the fact that we've grown up. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, so, I agree with that. Like, just being a jokester. Yeah. That's what I miss. Yeah, just being a jokester. Because that was just done... For the sake of doing. There yeah. was no thought Just process. It, it was done instinctively and it was done quickly and, and you had a laugh. You had a serious laugh as a result of it. And yeah. people don't do that these days. So we'll Good see. Good answer. I'm going with you. I'm, I'm, I'm stealing <laughs> yours. <laughs> Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates, Nikki? Zero hangovers. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be nice eh? zero hangovers <laughs> oh. nikki absolute pleasure having you on the show man i really appreciate you taking the time and and uh and sharing so much with us and i encourage anybody who's listening to to reach out to you and check out what you're offering you're offering quite a bit man so i really appreciate thank you that. so much man yeah it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure i've had fun thanks man thanks so much don't go just yet um i think that's it there's anything else you want me to share no i think we've already shared all the deets it's all good yeah, no, uh, everything's perfect. Okay, cool. Thanks, Angelina. We're out of here.